What's going on, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgers Nation post-game show. Thanks for rocking with us after the Dodgers get the dub over the Snakes by a final score of 5-2. to two. The Dodgers, they get the win tonight in Arizona. Dustin May, he was fantastic once again. He follows up his gem in his first start. We went seven scoreless with another fantastic outing. He held the D-back scoreless through five innings. He had retired nine straight before giving up a run there in the sixth inning. We're going to break down all the action, but the Dodgers, they get the win. And hey, what I tell you back in November, back in November, go check the tape. I looked right at that camera on Blue Heaven, and I said that Dustin May would be an all-star this season. I said that he would have a similar rise that Tony Gonson had last year, and I feel really good about that after two starts because he was mesmerizing once again. He was fantastic, and we're going to break down his entire outing because this version of Dustin May is the same as the version of Dustin May that we've seen in the past. He is even better, but we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the Dodgers offense. We're going to talk about this shaky bullpen. The Dodgers bullpen is shaky right now. Alex Vesia, he's struggling with command. Phil Bigford, how about high leverage Phil Bigford there facing the meat of the Diamondbacks order there in the eighth thing. We're going to talk about that. We're going to break it all down. But first, let me know where you represent Dodgers Nation from. Give me those cities and zip codes. Actually, no zip codes, no city, no, no, no zip codes, no area codes. Just give me cities from now. I'm never going to ask for the, the, the area codes or anything like that. But if you get the comment of the night. We're going to break out some new features, but if you get that comment of the night, you're going to see one of these. You win. If you give me a fire take, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. And we have a new segment we're introducing tonight. We're debuting the Dodger Dog of the Night. Which Dodger had the most dog? And if you see that, we're going to get one of these. Dodger Dog of the Game. All right, sweet. So we've got some new segments here. But first, let's jump into these comments and break it all down. But the Dodgers, they get the dub over the D-backs by a final score of 5-2. to two. The Dodgers improved to 5-2 and two on the year. And this Dodgers offense, they did enough. They get one in the second, two in the third. They get one in the sixth and one in the seventh. So five runs on seven hits for the Dodgers. But let's get right into this comment section here. We got Robert Loya from YouTube from La Puente. We got King Yellowman with the fire emojis. You want a fire take there? Yeah. Oh, we got Rody 97 Tacoma, Washington, King Yellowman, LFGLA with the wave emoji. We got Matthew Martinez, Dustin May looks solid, definitely an uptick this season. Yeah, what were your thoughts on Dustin May? Throw out your grades for D May, because I'm telling you, this year is the year of Dustin Mania, and he was fantastic once again. And so far this season, he has looked like an ace. He has not only looked like an all-star, he looks like, I mean, through two starts, he could be a Cy Young contender. I mean, we'll see if he can continue at this pace. Hasn't pitched over 100 innings in a season at the big league level. The most he's ever thrown professionally, even in the minor leagues, was around 141 innings. So we're going to monitor that pitch count all season. But so far, 13 innings for Dustin May. He's allowed one run on five hits. He's had nine punch outs to three walks. as a .69 ERA, giggity, and a .62 whip. So he's been fantastic, and he's been exactly what this Dodgers rotation needed. A guy that has that stuff that plays up that dominant stuff you're seeing him locate that four seam fastball elevated up in the zone you're seeing that cutter with that nice tight break to it like i always say his stuff moves more than a military family but also the command has been pristine he's also been able to get ground ball outs when he needs them but let's get your grades for dust we're going to start with him and we're going to break down his start we're going to talk about this dodgers bullpen because it definitely is a concern at this point alex vesia he definitely has looked rocky early on he's struggling to keep the 
his fastball out of the meat of the plate. But we got Harbor City in the house. We got San Ramon, ACDC freak. We got Bigford was dotting those corners. That's from Orlando over on YouTube. Yeah, I noticed that too. I mean, the way he was touching 97 on the corner, just painting like that, it was beautiful. He was also working it up in the zone, too. So he did a really nice job there in the eighth inning. Phil Bigford, he allowed that leadoff double to Marte. And then he comes back, and Marte ends up at third after a wild pitch from Bigford. So, yeah, I mean, he just kind of yanked one there during that at bat. And I was thinking, okay, they could make things interesting. And then on a 3-2 count to Gurriel, Gurriel wouldn't hold up on that slider out in the way of the zone. And that goes for the first out. Then 3-2 pitch, he gets Walker swinging for the third out. Four-seam fastball inside. That's a perfect pitch right there. And he had touched 97 four times in his career, and he did it multiple times in his appearance today. So 96 up and in, 97 on the outside corner. Phil Bigford, I was very impressed for him. I'm going to give him a B-plus for Bigford today. But let me know down below. We got uh, – here we go. Here's my comments. We got plus Bigford was so clutch. Yeah, Andrew Phillips. Let's give – let's go ahead and give Phil Bigford the first edition. The Phil Billy, Thin Thor, Diet Thor. Let's give Phil Bigford the first – first version of the Dodger dog of the night. How do you guys feel about that? He's my Dodger dog of the night, Mr. Phil Bigford. Dodger dog of the game. He got that dog in him. X-Dog off the charts. Vesia is killing us. And we're going to talk about Vesia too. Gonslin too early last year. That's from BC. Mr. Seabad. D-Bay is awesome, baby, with a capital A. That's your grade for Dustin Mania. We need some help in the pen. That's from Norman Rowe over on YouTube. Yeah, reinforcements will be on the way. You just need Daniel Hudson, who he definitely has not made the progress they had hoped he would make early on this season. It's really a lower body situation. So from that standpoint, you do feel good that the arm is nothing to do with the arm, and that would be a bigger issue. But he's still rehabbing from that ACL and his numbness, and he really needs to get back on track and really get back for this Dodgers team because he's pivotal. He is crucial. They need a closer in that spot that can go out there and get the lion's share of the saves. And I thought it was very interesting today because it felt like we saw a reverse of what we saw last week where it seemed like they were holding Evan Phillips earlier and then they were holding him later. And then today you have Evan Phillips. He comes in facing the bottom third of the lineup to get the save at the end. And you have Phil Bigford, that high leverage situation. Not even high leverage, but Still, I mean, you have him as your eighth inning guy, so it does appear like they are leading towards giving Evan Phillips those save opportunities late in the game, and he appears to be that guy early on this season. Justin Lamas, A-minus, needs more strikeouts. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's not even about the strikeouts right now. It's the threat of the strikeouts that's what's so impressive for D-Mania because the thing is, he does have a, a lethal sinker. His two-seam fastball it induces so much soft contact, and you saw him get big ground ball outs in big situations tonight, and tonight he ends up with five punch outs, has those two walks, did look a little fatigued towards the end, but 83 pitches, 58 first strike. So, above average strike thrower this year, and that's what he told me during spring training. He said, the key to my success is being able to consistently throw strikes. And you are seeing that from the Red Nightmare, Mr. Code Red. But you got the NSA is watching Bigford looking better getting out of that jam. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the stories tonight. Phil Bigford, for sure. We got D May gets an A. A for May in April. That's from King Yellowman. A minus for May. That's from Dylan Hare over on YouTube. Big Red. Woohoo! We got Deanna Perez. We got Maddie Man Dodge. We expected our starters to be good, but this good. Yeah, I'm going to start calling them the murderers rotation, not the murderers 
murderers row, the murderers rotation, because this rotation from from the top end with Julio Arias and Clay and Kershaw, they've been they're phenomenal. You can always count on those guys for quality starts. And now, what really raises this ceiling is Dustin May, who has not just an elite, re- he has elite results, but also he has elite stuff. He has that that kind of stuff that pitchers dream of having, stuff that you really just can't teach. We're talking about triple digit heat. I mean, he topped outside 100.2 miles per hour early in the game. So the velocity is great, but also the most impressive thing is the efficiency. That's what allows him to go deep into games. Look, he's already gone six innings. He's already gone seven innings. So seven scoreless in his first start. He goes six innings in this start. You're seeing efficiency. Before this year, he had pitched six innings like six times throughout his entire career. So definitely an uptick in the efficiency, and that is the biggest key to his success. But yeah, let's jump into his start because I want to talk about Dustin May and really highlight him tonight because that is one of the biggest developments early on in this season. That's one of the biggest takeaways for me is Dustin May because if he's going to pitch like an ace, that changes the entire dynamic of this rotation because the way his stuff is playing up, you can put him in the same conversation with some of the better pitchers in the league if he sustains this and continues to get better. I don't think he's even close to peaking yet because, like you said, you are going to get some more swing and miss, some more strikeouts from Dustin Mania as he continues to go from being a thrower to a pitcher and pitchers are always on that spectrum so he's definitely getting better I like that though we got roadie 97 Dustin sweeping that's a that's a winning comment there we go we got let's go from boomer Sison you want a boomer assassin you want to let's go Dodgers there you go. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button and also hit that notification bell so you always know when we're dropping new videos. We're dropping three videos a day. We're going crazy this entire season. Lots of new shows, lots of content, lots of guests and interviews, so you don't want to miss a thing. So be sure to hit that notification bell. And also tell all your friends that are Dodger fans, your family members, even if they're not Dodger fans, to subscribe to the channel. I would really appreciate that. May is great. A, that's from Robert Loya. Padre depth is thin. That's from Deuce. Yeah, we're dropping an episode of designated Twitter tomorrow where we had to give our hottest take so far early on this season and I was a little bold and I said that I thought the Dodgers were going to win this division by five games or more I know that's crazy I know that's a little that's a little a little Homer Simpson ish if you will but I definitely think this team has what it takes to win this division I talked to a Padres insider today I'm not going to name names but they still think the Dodgers are going to win this division so that definitely carries weight with me Justin Lamas relax guys they haven't even faced a good team yet wait till this team faces SD or Atlanta and then you can assess this team yeah you can only play the teams that are on your schedule and when you do have those big matchups you can use it as a measuring stick you can use it as a barometer but for now this team early on this season trying to break out some young rookies James Altman who was fantastic again tonight I think you saw him get two hits you saw him get one to the left side and one to the right side, pulling the ball, hitting the ball hard, 107 miles per hour off the bat. You saw the speed even on the play we got where he didn't beat the throw, so he's still, he's doing well still. J.D. Martinez, you're seeing the slug pick up from him. You're seeing Max Munson, Chris Taylor have positive nights, so this lineup is still trying to build chemistry, so yeah, I think that this schedule, the way it laid, the way it's laid out and presented to them, I think it actually works in their favor, but J-Kid, hey D-Mac, when are you going to say Max Muncy set the bar so low that any third baseman would be an improvement like you do with Bellinger. I think, well, the the difference there is that 
I mean, Max Muncy is a guy who even last season, yeah, he was like not, he was barely below average at the plate. Cody Bellinger was well below average at the plate. He was at 83 WRC plus. He was 17% below average. And also, we know that Max Muncy, towards the end of the season, he picked up his performance. In the postseason, he played well. Defensively, I think tonight you saw, even on the, the ground ball that went to Chris Taylor, that was pretty much 20 feet away from him, he kind of gets in front of it like he's going to make the play. He definitely has to settle down a little bit, take a deep breath, at third base, but he's comfortable playing that position, and defensively, he's going to continue to get better there with more reps, and he's starting to really turn things around at the plate as well. So, yeah, I think that, to me, I, I don't compare Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger at this stage of their careers, because Bellinger, he's been bad for multiple years, and that's not an opinion. That's just a fact, and I love Cody Bellinger. I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope that I wish Cody Bellinger would 10 straight MVPs and make it to the All-Star game for the rest of his career, but unfortunately, you know, I bring my facts to the fight. The numbers indicate that he's fallen off quite a bit since that shoulder surgery. But, yeah, I'm hoping nothing but the best for Bellinger. But I don't put him in the same category as Max Muncy because the thing about Max Muncy, he can still impact the game. Max Muncy can still impact the game with his eye. I mean, just look at the top of the second there. Max Muncy drew a four-pitch walk for the Dodgers. He was their first base runner of the game. Then 2-1 count, J.D. Martinez, he flew to right for the first out. Then Peralta fly to left for the second out. And then James Alman, he hits an infield single to left, giving the to the left side of the infield, giving the Dodgers runners on first and second with one out. Chris Taylor at the plate. And then 3-2 pitch, clutch Taylor. He rips one to left for a base hit that scored Max Muncy. Nice base running there for Muncy. He gives the Dodgers their first run of the night to make it 1-0 LA. And great takes in that at bat for Chris Taylor. I want to point that out. Also, clutch hitting. The Dodgers lead the league in two out runs and you saw tonight. Their runs were generated with two outs. So, very impressive clutch hitting by this Dodgers offense. So, they get one run on two hits there in the second. But, yeah, what do you guys think? Do you guys think, do you agree with the comment here about Max Muncy said the bar so low at third base? that you really don't have anything to compare it to or something like that. I mean, here we go. Bring back Gonzalez. We got, uh, yeah, ACDC freak. We'll see. I mean, the Dodgers, they're looking a little thin, a little single-ply toilet paper thin for lefty relievers at the moment. But I will caution you. I will, I will be a little optimistic here and caution some of the doomsday Dodgers with the fact that Alex Vesey is going to have to adjust to the pitch clock. Also, you're going to need to see him improve that command, and I think we saw during stretches last season he struggled with that, and then when he fixed that, he was lights out for a very long stretch of time. So, he'll settle down. He still has the stuff. It's just a matter of really harnessing it and really adjusting, because look, last year in all of Major League Baseball, his time in between pitches was the eighth longest at 24.8 seconds. So that is going to be an adjustment. He told me that himself. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Be a little patient with him. And, yeah, but uh, Vigon, if he can prove himself down at the minor league level and Vesia and Ferguson, maybe they struggle or some guy goes down with an injury, I would like to see if Victor Gonzalez can get it done at the big league level once again. Do you think Vesia will snap out of it? That's from Gene Benarchik. Yeah, I mean, the key for him is throwing strikes. I mean, that is the big key for Alex Vesia. I mean, by the way, I mean, Mr. S every time I see him on the mound, I got the Mario movie coming out. I think of him as Super Mario there. But, yeah, Alex Vesia needs to throw strikes, and he needs to – I mean, you saw in his inning. Let's break down Alex Vesia's inning. You guys are interested in talking about Vesia. By the way, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your concern level with Alex Vesia? Let me know down below. Let's jump to some more of these comments, and we'll get back into it. So Vesia will get it sorted out. 
he got that dog in and that's from WB. Dylan Hare thought we should see Jackson after May like we did after Kershaw last Saturday. Look, I mean, you're going to see a heavy dose of Andre Jackson at times. And the thing with Jackson is you want to preserve him for certain spots where he can go multiple innings because that is the value that he brings that some of these other relievers just don't. He can give you two or three innings. Remember, he was the only Dodger to get a three-out, a three-inning save last season. His changeup is going to play up just like it did last season and in his first appearance. And he's going to be used during this series. So he's going to get his opportunities. They're definitely high on him. I love DMAC. I love you right back at you, Alexander Z. Uh, Jay Vitella. We got Dustin May plus Julio look amazing. Yeah, don't forget Kershaw, nine punches in his first uh, first appearance. Alexander Z, fire Dave Roberts. Hey, wouldn't it be you get to get shot every time someone says fire Dave Roberts on this show. I got fire Oral Hershiser. I've never heard that one here. And Oral's the best. D May has always been an outstanding pitcher. So glad to have him back. Padres lost. That's from Paul Gutierrez. Yeah, the Padres lost. I think they're what? I think three and four to start the year. They lost to the Braves today, I believe, by a final score of seven to six. Atlanta's starting pitching is sneakily good. Yeah, I saw Spencer Strider today. He's electric. People need to give Muncie a break. He hit 300 through spring. Just let him hit up, heat up. Yeah, he's hitting the ball hard. I mean, the velocity, the contact is there. It's just a matter of putting it together for multiple games. And tonight, Muncy, he goes 0 for 3, had one strikeout, had one walk. His average on the year, he's hitting 130. So, yeah, you definitely want to see him improve. But, look, he is one of the guys in this lineup that's capable of hitting 30-plus home runs. And you definitely have to be patient and let Max Muncy find his swing. And still very early. And I'm confident that he's going to break out of this very soon and be able to produce with more regularity. But uh, five games not sounding crazy, not sounding so crazy now it's from Maddie Man, uh, Outman Baby, that's from Boomer Assassin, Diane Schroeder, the fairy godmother of the Dodgers Nation post-game show. What up, Diane Schroeder? Yeah, Schroeder's shoot. Max Kuhn, what up, D-Max? Sending love from the 2-1-3. Yay, yay. May is going to be the NL All-Star starting pitcher this year. Let's go, Dodgers. Max Kuhn, I'll give you the let's go, Dodgers. Yeah, that would love to see that. I mean, for him just to make the all-star team would be a major breakthrough, but to see him start that game and be on the bump during the Midsummer Classic, that would be a sight to see. But uh, Dougie Fresh, Code Red should be 2-0. and oh, That's from Michael Negretti. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it was a wasted effort last time. He pitched that gem, seven scoreless, but the offense scored one run for him. Tonight was a different story. You saw more Production, you saw more run support. Uh, can't get him out, man. There you go. You get one from that. So that's a fire take. My brother Evan Phillips is doing great. What up, Andrew Phillips? I didn't know your brother. Are you really Evan Phillips's brother? I mean, I mean, you might be. Are you Dr. Phils? Are you Fireman Phillips, the Honey Buns, the Honey Buns brother? Outman is a linebacker. Lawrence Taylor, good. Yeah, Boomer Assassin. Yeah, what more can you say about James Outman as far as the start that he's had so far this season? He has just looked apart. He's looked confident. He's looked mature. I think some of his pitch recognition, his ability to lay off of breaking stuff inside and outside has been impressive to me. But Mookie's ABs have been terrible. Three strikeouts tonight. He's chasing a lot. Orlando, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I've noticed as well is Mookie, that's very uncharacteristic for him. And one of those strikeouts 
of course, was on a pitch that was outside. So, but still, two strikeouts for Mookie Betts. And you're right, he is offering at pitches outside. They are pitching on the outer half of the plate. And tonight, Mookie, he goes 0 for 4 with those three punch outs. So, yeah, goes down swinging. And that's why I think you're seeing him. Uh, the one thing that comes to mind is I'm trying to pay close attention to that bat speed because he did gain 9 to 10 pounds of muscle. You heard Joe Davis talk about it during the broadcast. He added a lot of muscle, and he's yoked. I mean, just look at him in Kevin Hart's YouTube video where they're in the ice baths. Mookie is yoked. He's Mookie buff this season, and maybe you lose a little bat speed. You get used to the bat speed with that extra muscle because that is something that hitters tend to adjust to. And I think, look, you see Mookie Betts, we'll see. I mean, I, th I think it's still early in the season for him, too. We've seen him get off to slow starts, but give Muncie 10 more games to pick things up. Outman is out of this world. How high are you guys on Dustin May? Have you seen enough? Do you think he is a future ace of this team? Because I want to talk about his outing, and then we'll get back in to some of the offense tonight because Dustin May really was the star of tonight's game. I think he's pretty much the player of the game unless you guys want to name someone else. I think Dustin May, another great night for him down in the desert. And if you look at the way he started tonight's game, it was dominant. You saw the punch outs early, bottom of the first inning. It was three up, three down. First, he gets Rojas on three pitches, a four-seam fastball on the inner half, got him swinging for the first out. And then he falls behind Marte, 2-0. Then on the 2-2, two -two, he's strikes him out swinging on a cutter inside that cutter was dirty that cutter should be illegal in 50 states okay that cutter I have to, I have to take a shower right away because that's how dirty it was it just felt dirty seeing that cutter inside on the inner half to lefties right outside I mean that was just nasty then a one-two count he gets Guriel to fly to right and it was one two three in the first inning but let's get to the comment section we'll head to the second here we go do six his velocity is down and he can't land his slider so that's how you feel about Alex Vesey. Yeah, he's having trouble landing that slider. His velocity, he's never been a flamethrower, but his stuff plays up with his extension, with his command, and he just isn't finding the corners. His stuff is leaking out over the middle of the plate, and they are punishing his mistakes. You're seeing that with Alex Vesey. Doug, what you drinking? You know I'm sipping on some, some straight H2O, baby. <laughs> Pacific goes after though. Smash that like button for DMAC. Yeah, Diane Schroeder, I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, remember, this is your show. I'm just hosting it. So the more you support your show, the more sponsors we get, the more episodes we have. And it's definitely better stuff. Giveaways, all kinds of great stuff. Love me some Mookie at second base, Mr. Seabad. Yeah, he's comfortable there. You saw we saw the turn double plays, feeling great. The instincts, the first step. He definitely has what it takes to make that throw and make that turn. That's the biggest thing. And I think you're going to see him continue to play more second base throughout his career, throughout his 12-year contract with the Dodgers and he clearly enjoys it, and really, at this point, it's out of necessity, of course, with Miguel Vargas sidelined with that thumb injury, the Dodgers infield not having a lot of depth, and we're going to talk about that, too, in just a second. I want to touch on that, but yeah, Mookie definitely looks the part at second base, but look, he's a six-time Gold Glove Award-winning right fielder, and yeah, that's definitely where you want to see him most of the time, in my opinion, but uh, yeah, jumping to the second inning. Dustin May, 0-1 pitch. He gets Walker to line out for the first out. Then the 1-1 to Carroll. He lines the second for the second out. Then 0-1 pitch. 
McCarthy, he cranks the D-backs first base hit of the night, and then Moreno grounds into a fielder's choice to short. So that's what I'm talking about. It's not always the punch outs with Dustin May. In fact, most of the time it isn't, but he's able to have that as a threat to keep hitters off balance and then use that sinker down the zone. Use change-up curveball, off-speed stuff to get those ground ball outs that help you stay in the games longer and help you be more efficient. But who's going to be surprised if LA faces Atlanta in the NLCS again? That's from Daniel Bowler over on Facebook, not me. Yeah, to me, that was my preseason pick. I have Braves. I've got Dodgers in the NLCS. We need a trilogy. We need the rubber match. We need to settle things once and for all with that team and that organization. And I want to see it. We got uh, D-Mac is Vargas playing tomorrow. We'll see. I mean, doesn't see. I mean, you saw him in the dugout. You saw him playing with his glove. It's just about... He, losing some feeling. It's a little sore. I think he's going to be just fine, though. Phillips is nasty. Christian Reyes. Uh, send Vesia down from Andreas. We got to Mookie has not had a hot bat, but our lineup is holding up. Yeah, it's one way of looking at it, too, is that he's, their, he's the Dodgers' best player. I mean, him and Freddie Freeman and this Dodgers offense, they've still been able to produce. So that's definitely, that's definitely what you want to see. But uh, heading to that third inning, he gets ahead of Dustin May, gets ahead 0-2 on the count, and then Thomas fouled off a few, then he loaded the count full. And on the ninth pitch, he missed arm side run with that cutter. And, yeah, then you see on the 1-2 pitch, he strikes out Perdomo on a cutter up and in, and that goes to the first out. And you saw just another filthy cutter. I mean, that cutter, I mean, you're talking about 94, 95-mile-per-hour cutter with movement. It's just disgusting. Then 1-2 count to Rojas. He flies to right for the third out. And then Marte, first pitch, pop out for the third out. So he's cruising. Jump to the fourth. 2-2 two -two pitch. May punches out Gurriel swinging with a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. He had Gurriel swinging out of his shoes on that one. Four strike out of the night for the first out. And then next batter on the 1-0 pitch, he gets Walker to pop to short for the second, for the second popped a second for the second out and then eighth pitch of the at bat he gets Carroll to ground to short for the third out so he was pitching strong he retired nine straight at one point and the bottom of the fifth he retired the D-backs in order to start the fifth McCarthy flied to left for the first out Moreno ground to short for the second out and then Thomas lined to center and then bottom of the sixth inning he walks Perdomo on four pitches so this is where he looked a little fatigued the command wasn't as pristine as we saw it earlier in his outing he misses with the four seam fastball multiple times and then five straight balls before that mound visit by Will Smith. So want to give a shout out to Will Smith, a very successful mound visit, really settling down Dustin May, getting back on the same page. And one, two pitch to Rojas. He doubles to right, starts to find the strike zone. And then Rojas doubles to right. And I thought this play too, we're talking about Mookie Betts playing second. It looked like Jason Hayward, he was playing right field, but it was almost like he was shifted towards center field on that. They weren't playing the pool on that. And yeah, it was definitely shifted. So it was a first run allowed by Dustin May on the year. They get the run there. And then next batter, that makes the score. Then the next batter, 3-2 pitch to Marte. Dustin May strikes him out, swing with a sinker, bottom of the zone for the second out. Just dotted that two-seam fastball. Marte thought it was low, but it was well. It was a well-executed pitch. I think that pitch was kind of borderline, but still, that was a good pitch by D-May. He gets the punchy. And then you saw, too, a little bit of a concern for me. I wrote this down in my notes that his fastball velocity during that stretch, it, did, it definitely dipped a little bit. It was down to 95. The location was still good, but I was a little concerned 
for a second, and then it cranked right back up. You started to see him hit 97, 98s once again. First pitch to Guriel, he gets him to pop out for the second out, and then runners on first and second, he gets Walker to ground to second to end the inning. So, yeah, the big takeaways for Dustin May, pumping gas, just great feel for that two-seam, great feel for that cutter, and a few pitches that stand out that stood out, really, that nasty cutter, that 95-mile-per-hour cutter to Marte with that glove side run. Like I said, just an absolute dirty pitch. And also, too, the arm speed, the repeatability with his release and his delivery has been night and day different from years past. Just go look at Dusame last year and Dusame this year. The, re- the delivery has been smoothed out, and it's more consistent and yeah, I was getting ahead in the count. You saw him getting himself into great positions to get punch outs, really getting ahead of the count all night long, elite spin rate, high velocity. And yeah, I mean, he was just fantastic. I think Dustin May, he gets an A from me. I'm giving A to Dustin May on the night. But let's jump back to this comment section because I think one of the early, early big concerns for me is the Dodgers bullpen. The Dodgers bullpen, they're a little rickety, okay? They're a little shaky at this point. Shakier than an elephant dancing on a three-legged table. Okay, this drinking a milkshake. I mean, this bullpen really has not just inspired very much confidence, but still, you're not seeing the mismatch. You're not seeing the big punch outs, but we, I think Phil Bigford, he stood out tonight. I think, of course, Evan Phillips, he did his thing there late in the game. He made things look easy, but between Phil between Alex Vesia and Yancy Almonte, yeah, I'm just a little concerned with uh, this bullpen at the beginning. If you had to pick one of the positions groups that would give you some concern, it would definitely be the Dodgers pen. We're going to break that down. We got Bethany Ring hooking it up with that super chat at $10 pair character jumping up and down saying number one fan. Oh, appreciate you, Bethany. Uh, bring Gagne on your show. Welcome to the jungle. Daniel Bowler. Maybe I'll get Gagne. Who do you guys want to see me try to get for an interview? Uh, code red is code crazy. That's from Craig 23. I'll be at the game again tomorrow. Then heading to San Francisco to see them also. That's from Maya Mari. Who do you think we trade for Otani Tyler? We'll talk about that later. Let's break down this game. If you want to talk about that, I definitely give you thoughts on that. Cause it's tough for me to avoid that conversation. We got, um, Mookie flex. That's from, we got Mookie Fe- flex from Mookie over on, on YouTube. I like that one. I like that. Mookie Flex. Um, we got... Uh, thanks for always bringing that that uh, that content, DMAC. That is from NS. I appreciate you, NS. Yeah, thanks for rocking with us, guys, all season long. We got uh, Dustin is the ace of the Dodgers' future. What do you, how do you guys feel about that? Because you have Bobby Miller, you have Gavin Stone, Walker Buehler is still young. They could still, of course, Julio Rios, 27. I mean, he they could sign him, and he could be the Dodgers' A's for many years. Dustin Maniac, there we go, Christian Reyes. Dustin Maniac, yeah, they got the Out Maniacs and the Dustin Maniacs. We got uh, Bellinger is batting 200 with one homer. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to take some time for Cody Bellinger, but look, I mean, I told you back in November. I mean, literally, if you go back and watch November when people wanted to keep Cody Bellinger, when they didn't want to non-tender him, what I say? I said, you could get Cody Bellinger for $17-plus million less in James Altman, except he's a better hitter. He's also a good fielder and a good defender himself. So to me, it was a no-brainer, and so far, it's really early on. We're less than 1% through the season, but to me, there's no question about it. I mean, James Altman, to me, 
It's like that meme with the upgrade key. It's Cody Bellinger, pound the upgrade key, and it's James Altman. I think James Altman, he has a shorter, more compact swing. I think he's not going to fall into the same amount of slumps and have those dry spells because look, Cody, Cody Bellinger's swing has been broken for quite some time, and he just hasn't made the necessary adjustments to be able to hit high-velocity pitching up in the zone, to hit breaking balls away. I mean, he's so vulnerable at the play, and pitchers attack him in his same problem areas, and it's been the same story. It's been a broken record belly for quite some time now, and oh, we got uh, Elise Feldman asking, how is Justin... How is Justin Turner doing? Well, based on the pictures that he posted, that his face is doing much better, even though he got hit and had to have all those stitches. No, he's doing much better. Numbers-wise, I mean, he's hitting 280, has an OPS of 758. He's 7 for 25, but one double, one extra base hit. And I love me some JT. I feel very confident that he'll end up being the manager of the Dodgers one day, some sometime way down the line. And... But for now, and what I said in the offseason is I like J.D. Martinez in the middle of this lineup for what the Dodgers need. Because one extra base hit for J.T., uh, J.D. Martinez, you've seen him hit three doubles. You've seen him hit a home run. Yes, the average is at 231. It's not what J.T.'s is. But I think you're going to see the slugging improve. And I think also in the postseason, he has a 987 postseason OPS, whereas Justin Turner, he's six for his last 40, He's six for his last 47 for the Dodgers in the postseason. So he struggled in October. He's looked overmatched. So I think that's where the Dodgers are going to be fine from that respect. I think they're rolling the dice with J.D d in la but yeah we're gonna get to the offensive side too we're gonna continue to talk about this dodgers pen we got happy for bigford with a huge eighth inning yeah diane schroeder we broke that one down and yeah you got to feel good for phil bigford the velocity was up the way he was painting corners i was impressed i want to give him a paintbrush out there the way he was doing it and you also saw him facing the middle of that diamondbacks offense so that's something to take away from that too are they looking at phil bigford as a guy that is not the end of your bullpen not a guy that you need as a mop-up guy in low leverage situations do they think that hey maybe in a bounce back year where he's a rubber arm maybe the phil billy the thin thor can go out there and be used in high leverage situations i mean it was definitely an impressive night for phil bigford what do you guys give him for your grade i'm gonna get built phil bigford the way he battled out of that the way he battled i mean let's look at it let's look at it one more time I'm a pretty tough grader, I have to admit. But, yeah, the way he battled out of that, I mean, he allowed that leadoff double to Marte, and then he threw that wild pitch, and Marte ended up at third. But, yeah, I mean, that way that slider looked, and it was pretty filthy. He got the walker swinging for the so with that forcing fastball inside I mean he got Carroll to pop out I'm gonna give Bigford a B plus a B plus for Phil Bigford we need Gonzo back in the rotation JK yeah I mean I think you look at this rotation Michael Grove he was good until he wasn't we have Ryan Pepio who they think they caught it early with the oblique injury but those tend to lick, linger those are a trickier injuries so yeah I think it's still early on for Gavin Stone who looked much better in his second start down there in AAA we know Bobby Miller is ways away so yeah having Tony Gonson back to this rotation that has looked outstanding to begin the season you're talking about a rotation that I saw Fangrass I saw MLB.com all these all these prognosticators all these experts out there 
they had the Dodgers as like the number 10 or 11th rotation in baseball. I'm like, are you kidding me? You look at the studs, look at the star power in this lineup now. I think it was tough for them to look into the future. I think that's tough for some people to do and kind of envision what this what this rotation was capable of. And I think Dustin May is showing how high the ceiling could be. We got May was a stud before his injury. That's from Ghost Cat 69. Yeah, before he was injured there back on May Day in 2021, he was really emerging as a star. I mean, you're talking about a a spin rate off the charts. You're talking about a strikeout rate that was over 37%. So, yeah, I mean, that was really the peak Dustin May as far as the strikeouts and the swing and miss. And I'm hoping he can get back there. Uh, Will Smith smacking the ball, D-Mac. Christian Reyes, that's a fire take. Finish that's a finish him. him. That's a finish him. Finish him. But I'll give you a fire take, too. Fire take. We got uh, Roberts loves Vesia too much. Fire Roberts. David, Doug, are you going to give Rochester, New York some love or what? Yeah, how about all the love in the world goes out to Rochester, New York, rocking with us here at 1.32 in the morning, New York time. So, yeah, absolutely, you get love here. Evan Phillips is a stud. That's from Diane Schroeder. DMAC, can I get a shout-out? You're you are the best. Daniel Reyes. What up, Daniel Reyes? Just shout-out. All the baseball journalists think Otani's coming to L.A., B.C. Get Otani on the show. Hello, well, I'd be stroking. That'd be my dream guest. That'd be my dream guest. I'll tell you that right here. Maybe Otani, Sandy Kofi. Facts. Those are supposed to be two of my dream uh, guests for sure on this show. But yeah, and then yeah, let's talk about this Dodgers offense once again, too. We have to we have to mention later in the game. So jumping to the top of the third, Freddie Freeman gets a one-out single to right. That should have been a double play. That should have been a double, by the way. Did you see they ruled it a single, and then they went back, and they ruled it a double. So, yeah, I was going to apologize to the Freddie Freeman fantasy owners, but he ends up on second base. The next batter, Will Smith, he draws a five-pitch walk to give the Dodgers runners on first and second with one out. Out. And then Max Muncy was at the plate. Muncy ground to second. And instead of an inning-ending double play, the Dodgers played another run to make it 2 nothing. L.A. Goes as a throwing error on Perdomo. Second error of the inning. And then it took a weird hop, but Kelly wasn't on the bag. And he went past and kind of reached back. So really weird play there by Merrill Kelly. Just kind of reached back and was already past the back. So the Dodgers get a break there. So that was an error charge on the throw. And just really bad positioning by Merrill Kelly. But the Dodgers took advantage and a tough error by Perdomo. So just a bad play all around for the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers capitalized. Next batter, J.D. Martinez ripped a double to left that went past Carroll. Max Muncy scored. And that gave the Dodgers an early 3-0 lead. Fifth RBI for J.D. Martinez. So good base running for Max Muncy. Nice piece of hitting there by J.D. Martinez. And like I said, that is what you're looking for for J.D. Gets thrown out there, trying to stretch it. But still, the slug is there. They need a run producer. They need a guy that can generate offense. And at this stage of his career, I trust J.D. Martinez to hit more doubles and home runs than I do Justin Turner, who his bat-to-ball definitely is better. And he's going to probably get more base hits and singles. But what this team needs, they need an infusion of slug. And that's what J.D., Just Dingers, provide. So, two runs on two hits in the inning in the top of the third. Then jumping to the top of the sixth, Will Smith. By the way, I, you guys saw my, my prediction that the Dodgers are going to beat the Yankees in the World Series and 
Will Smith was going to be the World Series MVP, hey, maybe I missed the mark. Maybe he's going to be league MVP because Will Smith continues to look dominant out there. He continues to put together great at-bats, great swings. They can't get anything by him on the inner half of the play. They're pitching him outside. He's still scorching the baseball all around, and he leads. He gets a leadoff double there to start the sixth inning, and now Will Smith on the season. He's just been outstanding. A 1377 OPS, three home runs, 10 RBIs, just two strikeouts in 23 at bats. He's 9 4 23. So start that Will Smith MVP campaign already. So he gets that leadoff double. And then Max Muncy, he strikes out on a changeup away. Not a great at bat there by Muncy. We saw a little too much chasing in this game. And I think that is one thing that if you want to poke a hole, if you want to spot the pimple on a model for this team so far, I think that you're talking talking about the bullpen. I also think if you're looking at the offense, some of the boomer bust and also some of the expanding of the strike zone. But uh, let's jump into more of these comments. Miss JT, but our young boys look great. Jade, that's from Craig23. JD needs to stop running to third. LOL. Yeah, Kevin Juhas. He had really no chance on that one, man. He got caught by a long shot. He had no chance. They gunned him down. But uh, Bonnie says, DMAC Dodgers did good. I miss our guys that have left. But now the Dodgers have to be ready to play and practice more on their batting. Go Dodgers. There you go. I have a go Dodgers for you. Bellinger doesn't even ha Bellinger doesn't even has a swing. He will need to learn how to bend the knees first. That's from Louise. We got uh, Bicky is looking much better than last year. That's from Boomer Assassin. BC, it's not like baseball has a salary cap like the NFL, BC. Yeah, I mean, I think really don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but really what it comes down to is penalties, and do you want to continue to go into those upper thresholds? We're having to pay a 50% surcharge. We're having to pay way upwards of the entire salary cap, and most teams, they don't want to get burned continuously. But, yeah, I mean, there really is no salary cap. I mean, if you're Stephen Cohen, He's going to continue to spend, and the Dodgers, a team that makes so much money that really dominates this league as far as the way that they use their dollar, but also they invest a lot internally to get prospects to develop and become stars. Yeah, they're going to be able to be big spenders. But uh In a roaring stadium... Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. C-plus, that is for Phil Bigford. We got Necro 99. Belly's hitting 200, but he got three singles yesterday and has a three-run home run. That's it. Yeah, look, he's going to continue to hopefully, hopefully, I mean, look, they pay me over $17 million. I think it's kind of funny that you look at that switch right there where the Chicago Cubs, they 
want nothing to do with Jason Hayward, and they're paying him just under $22 million to basically play for the Dodgers this year. Who's He's on a league minimum contract with the Dodgers, which is around 720000 And the Dodgers, they non-tender belly, who signs for over $17 million with the Cubs. And the Dodgers have Outman and Jason Hayward. And then, uh, then you factor in, they're basically paying, the Cubs are paying like just over $38 million for Bellinger and the rest of Hayward's contract, while the Dodgers are paying less than $2 million for Bellinger for Outman and Hayward. So it's pretty it's a pretty insane deal if they have great seasons for the Dodgers. So yeah, I mean it's funny how the Dodgers spend a lot of money, but you also can point to a lot of these value deals and a lot of these steals, all these bargains that they've found along the way. But uh, I'm giving big for an A minus from Diane Schroeder, Otani, the one player that I'd happily go all in for. Yeah, I mean he's a generational talent. He's a once in a sport talent. Only question is how long can he be a designated hitter and a pitcher at the same time? If you could guarantee if you could guarantee me six seven eight years of Otani as an ace level starting pitcher that's a top five pitcher in the game that can miss bats that has a lethal splitter triple digit heat and a 40 home run guy he's essentially Luis Castillo combined with Matt Olson DeGrom a healthy DeGrom really combined with elite uh, 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 Matt Olson so yeah, I mean, Vladdy Guerrero, I mean, he's a fantastic player. But totally agree at the end of the day, it's only a matter if New York, the New York Mets overpays everybody by about $100 million for Otani or not. So, yeah, Max Muncy just finished his sixth inning, leadoff double there by Will Smith. Muncy strikes out for the first out. Then J.D. Martinez, very interesting here, J.D. Martinez, he gets a free ball on the pitch clock violation, and then he draws a walk a few pitches later to give to give the Dodgers runners on first and second with one out. And then Peralta, he grounds into a fielder's choice to second. They get J.D. at second, and Smith advances to third. So now we have two outs in that inning. I just wanted to point out, too, David Peralta, not the best homecoming for David Peralta. He ends up going tonight. He goes 0 for 4 with one strikeout. By the way, they're booing David Peralta, Mr. Chief. Choo-choo train. Well, I want to give him credit for hustling down the line. The fact that he was running down that line, he beats out that throw, he extends the inning, and then next batter up, 3-1 count to James Outman. Outman ropes a single to right for a two-out RBI, pulled it sharply, and you saw singles to all fields today. Peralta hustling down that line, like I said, to beat out that throw. It led to another run. The Dodgers increased their lead to 4 nothing, and they're now undefeated when they've scored four more runs this season. They improved to 4-0 on the year when they've scored four or more runs in a game, and the next batter, CT3, flies out for the third out. So one run on two hits there in the in the in the sixth inning, and then jumping to the top of the seven, the Dodgers add another run on a 2-2 pitch, four-seam fastball. Then on the top of the seventh, Freddie Freeman at the plate, 2-2 pitch, four-seam fastball away, and Fredericks of Hollywood, Freddie Franchise, he hits his first home run of the season to give the Dodgers a 5-1 to lead, 92 miles per hour, up and out of the zone. Great two-strike approach there. You saw the bat pass stay level through the zone, and he hit it out, and that's why he's such a great hit because he doesn't chase home runs. He chases good at-bats. He puts good swings on balls, and good things happen because he hits the ball hard. So, yeah, if you're a coach out there, if, if you're a parent who has a kid that wants to be a baseball player, I would say look at Freddie Freeman's swing. Look at the way he goes about his work. So the Dodgers... 
at another run. And then, yeah, really what it came down to was the inning there with with Alex Vesia. And we'll talk about that. But let's jump back in the comments section, guys. Casey sucks so bad. Okay. Uh, got bad uh, hepatitis. See you later. What would you give up for a rental for Otani for this playoff run? Most I'd give up is probably like Cartaya, Vivas, Nestrini. Yeah, I think at this point you can't give up Gavin Stone. I think he's the guy that has the lot. Has a, I mean, look, you're talking about Shohei Otani. The reality is, if show if the if the Angels called the Dodgers and said Shohei Otani is available for Bobby Miller and Diego Cartaya and Nestrini, Viva, some of these guys you're mentioning, <laughs> if that came with the understanding that Shohei Otani would extend, would sign a five to six million, five hundred to six hundred million dollar deal, I think there's no question the Dodgers just would do that because that is a player that you go all in for. Some players, you say, yes, you don't want to sell the farm. You definitely want to sustain this winning if you're the Dodgers, and you do that by continuing to water the seeds down there and have them emerge and have them produce under cheap, controllable talent for years. But this is Shohei Otani we're talking about. I just don't think – I don't think that – Man, I don't think that – I think that Artie Moreno would rather set his grandma on fire than, than trade him to the Dodgers. That's just the thing I think. I think the Dodgers are a team that he detests. There's no secret. It's no secret. There's no, – make no mistake about it. So, yeah, I do think that Shohei Otani to the Dodgers would be a beautiful thing. But the, what's the most I would give up? I really do think I would unload – I think look, I think with Bobby Miller, he's a guy who, depending on who you talk to, he has the potential to be a ace, a number one or number two, or he could end up in the bullpen. So the point I'm trying to make is there is a little bit of sell high with Bobby Miller, and I think it could be Bobby's world. I think it could be Miller time, but I also think, too, there is a universe where Bobby Miller doesn't reach that potential. Because, look, the reality is 70% of prospects, they don't work out. That's not a number I just made up. That's just a pure fact. More than 70% of prospects don't end up having an impact on their big league club. But still, when you sell prospects, you don't have a lot of capital to make future deals. And you want to keep that capital, and you don't want to end up like the San Diego Padres, who are really going all in. But the same token, it's all about winning the World Series. So to answer your question, I do say, I would say I would unload a lot of the top, a lot of the top five prospects. I would say maybe three or four, three to five of them, if it meant Shohei Otani. But I also think, too, there is a world where the Angels would consider some big league talent that we've seen that's currently on the big league roster so I do think you could mix it up a little bit if you do want to keep some of those prospects in your system but yeah the Dodgers new celebration looks stupid Uh, Dodgers number one in attendance for decades best fans loyal through the drought that's from BC yeah also too you're mentioning Justin Turner and the Boston Red Sox I thought Fenway Park and the big green monster I thought that's supposed to be this legendary baseball haven well guess what they're averaging 24,000 a game at Fenway Park yes the weather isn't great but still i mean geez i mean you're never gonna see the dodgers average twenty four thousand. so yeah i don't know are, are they the boston red sox a marquee franchise i get there to me they're in that second tier i truly believe it's dodgers yankees are in a tier all by themselves uh cubs got robbed he's worth half of that that's from bc smitty rocks that's from daniel bowler uh exactly hepatized dodgers killing it with two outs in runners on yeah we talked about that earlier and this Dodgers team has been dominant doing that all season. You saw tonight, once again, great two-out hitting. You saw Chris Taylor. I thought Chris Taylor had a great at-bat. He took a lot of pitches and... 
it was great to see him have a nice clutch at bat and him continue to just make little incremental progress to get to where he needs to be. But yeah, top of the second, that 3-2 pitch, he ripped that base hit into left. That scored Muncy, gave the Dodgers their first run of the night. So yeah, that came with two outs. Then you look at the top of the third, J.D. Martinez, he ripped that double to left past Carroll, two outs. That scored Max Muncy, put the Dodgers up 3 nothing. And then you look at the top of the sixth inning once again 3-1 James Alman. he wrote that single to right another two out RBI for the Dodgers so yeah we saw all night long tonight we've that's definitely a great trend that the Dodgers want to continue because when you can hit with two outs it tells me a lot it tells me a lot about your team and your identity it says that you're grinding for every single at bat you're making the pitcher work you are putting yourself in situations where you're coming through with clutch base hits and that's definitely a mark of a team that is grittier, a team that you want at the plate in the postseason when the going gets tough, when you need a run. So that's definitely something you want to see, but also the Dodgers were pretty good that last year, so there's really no telling. But uh, uh, better 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 have a $550 million check for Soto or Otani in free agency. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think Soto, I think it was closer to $500 million, if I'm being completely honest with you. We got. I had no idea about King Taco. What happened to King Taco? Uh, by the way, I want to give a special shout-out to our sponsor, Ornitos. Definitely best tequila in the game. Definitely go get you some Ornitos. And I'm still looking for that Ornitos comment of the night. So we got uh, Naram over on YouTube. Fire Dave Roberts. Let's go, Dodgers. I'll give you let's go, Dodgers. Uh, New York met stinky dogs in the yard. You don't want to get Otani if he gets injured. You lose a pitcher and a fielder. That's from David Machado. Look, you run that risk with every pitcher, every player, every hitter. That just comes with the territory. Yes, that's a lot to invest in one player. And if he does get injured, it's definitely going to cost you. And, yeah, I, I see your point there, and I agree that it's more costly because he plays multiple positions. But, look, I think there's just certain players that come around, not just every 50 years, not every 100 years. He literally is a once-in-a-sport player. You can't even put him in the same conversation as Babe Ruth. You know why? Babe Ruth, he was pitching and he was hitting. He did it for two weeks. He said, I can't do this. I can't sustain what I do at the plate with what I can do on the mound. I have to pick one or the other. So Babe Ruth, back then, playing against inferior talent compared to today's players didn't even want to do it so what Shohei Hotani has been able to do is truly unprecedented that is the reality uh, and if you look at his body if you look at his, his he's a physical specimen this guy is humongous he takes care of his body he gets a lot of sleep he has his routine so if there's one guy that can do it it's going to be him but uh uh, we got Justin Lomas nailed it, Doug. Prospects just that. Prospects, I prefer parades. There you go. That's my saying, right? Prospects over parades. And yeah, um, it's a it's a good debate. I mean, the pro look. The, one of the reasons why look the thing is about this Dodger team is if they were is so in love with their prospects, you would see them go to them earlier and more often. But I think too, this team, yes, they want their guys to contribute. But they also want to develop their guys. They want to see them rise up the ranks on MLB Pipeline and Baseball America's Top 100 list. Then when they need to cash in and address some needs, whether it be a starting pitcher, a bullpen, an impact hitter, they can go down to that farm, take some money out of that 401k. And 
and they can use it to get some help and try to improve their chances of winning the World Series. So, look, other thing, too, you have to consider, too, when it's the Dodgers is they've – look at James Altman. He was a seventh-round pick, and he looks like he's going to be a Rookie of the Year candidate. So the point I'm trying to make there is, yes, you have elite prospects that are going to be able to help this team for years, but also don't underestimate the Dodgers' ability to find guys in later rounds. I mean, look at Gavin Stone. He got $97,000, was an under-slot pick, and they turned him to the best change-up pitcher in baseball, one of the big rising stars in the sport. So the Dodgers can find guys in in later rounds and turn them into emerging stars. So they can replenish this farm system pretty quickly. You saw even a few years back what they did in the Homer Bailey trade and trying to tra- unload Kemp and Puig and what they're able to get with, with uh, Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs, who they flipped for Mookie Betts. They use, they use Josiah Gray in the trade for Scherzer and Trey Turner. So there are other ways to replenish the farm system if you do trade guys. So definitely, I think everything's on the table. I think any smart organization leaves all their options open. Uh, Will Smith doesn't DH on days off, and Creaky JD plays every day. Come on, Roberts, no-brainer. That's from Steve O. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I definitely think you're onto something there, and that's something that I'm closely going to be monitoring early on this season because last year, Will Smith, he DH'd in 24 games because you did have a set DH. Yes, Justin Turner grew into pretty much the de facto DH, the quasi DH, and that was towards the end, and you saw him kind of lose a step defensively. But J.D. Martinez, you're not going to see – J.D. stands for just dingers, not just defense, right? He's not going to be playing left field. He's not going to be playing anything other than what goes down in the batter's box. So that's where he's going to stick. But Blake smell like ass in SD's best pitcher. That's from EB. That's a fire take. I'll give you comment of the night for that one. I just like a good burn. Uh, heard it here first. Uh, what did you say, BC? Oh, oh yeah, BC. Urias, Kershaw, Man, Gonson will all finish with below two five ERAs. Wow, that's a hot tag. That's a fire tag. Fire Talking about, I got to look up after this show historically what that would mean. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that would be fantastic. But yeah, let's talk a little bit too. We had, like I said, this show we got to touch on everything, and I wanted to talk about. So we talked about Alex Vesia. You guys grade him out. Uh, another division title for the Dodgers, Doug, is from David. Yeah, I got them winning the division, winning 97 games this season. That was my pre that was my preseason prediction. But I went very bold on the recent episode of Designated Twitter where I said they would be, they would win the division by five games. They would beat the Padres by five games in the division. So yeah, that's pretty bold. That'd be when you consider the Padres' talent, the roster they have. I think there are some questions with their starting rotation and some of their depth. But we'll see. And also too it just seems like always something always happens with the Padres by the way you saw you see that picture what he tweeted about after he gave up that he gave up that home run to Mr. Ringworm Mr. Uh, Mr. Steroids Mr. Fernando Tachitz what he had to say about uh, it was a, a cheater rehabbing hitting a home run what did you guys think about that I thought it was a little salty there but uh, hey it was good times so you gotta give him credit but uh, yeah so jumping to yeah so the thing about Vesia like I said we talked about his outing but the key for him is throwing strikes this year. He's throwing his strikes at a 58% rate. So 58% strikes, that's below league average. So you need to see him pound the zone, attack the zone, and he has to avoid the heart of the plate. Also, just not great chemistry with Will Smith and Alex Vesey tonight. You saw some cross-ups there. Um, 
That one-two count to Moreno. Ivesia threw that fastball inside. They got past Smith. Looked like a cross up there. And, yeah, that gave the Diamondbacks their second run of the night to make it 5-2. to two. And then, yeah, it was just a strange play. It almost looked like he was thinking about getting ready for a backhand, but he just wasn't able to make the play. And 3-2 count. Moreno doubled off the wall in center. So back-to-back base hits, back-to-back extra base hits given up by Alex Vesia. So you're seeing a lack of command. You're also seeing he's given up the slug. And that is a way that you're that's, – that's something that really scares relievers. You don't want to come out there and give up extra base hits. That's a recipe for disaster. And he wasn't Super Mario tonight. And – I think if you're Alex Vesia, he definitely needs to find a way to sure up that command. So he was done after just recording one out. And today through 50, 15 pitches, just seven for strike. So a 58% strike rate this year. We got Beast. I hope the Dodgers don't play, pay $500 million for Soto. That's from EB. We got Joshua. I just don't believe the Dodgers are going to be able to sign and trade and re-sign a top Boris client. Maybe he has it out for them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, hey, they did a deal with J.D. Martinez right so all's well just it was a one-year deal so i wouldn't get too excited but yeah it definitely is it's not people always think low is it is it the scott boris personally no scott boris he knows the dodgers he has a relationship with this team you see him behind home plate a lot of times during the season you'll see him catching games but look it's it's more that scott boris is the best agent in the game who has some of the best players in the game and he gets them the most money so that's really where it starts and ends with the dodgers is they're not going to just give every won these big 300 plus million dollar contracts it just so happened look if Mookie Betts was a Scott Boris client I think they still get Mookie Betts because they wanted Mookie Betts they believed in Mookie Betts not just as a player but when you considered his age at 27 when you considered his marketability the fact that he is on track to be a Hall of Famer one day and he's going to be wearing that Dodgers hat when he gets to Cooperstown all those things play a factor so yeah it just so happened that he wasn't a Boris client then Freddie Freeman he wasn't either they give him a 162 million dollar deal which was pretty much top of the market for what Freddie Freeman was being offered by other teams as far as years and money so it just really depends on the player if it's the right player with Scott Boris I think they'll be able to get a deal done but I don't think that Juan Soto is a player the Dodgers would be interested in giving 500 million dollars to but I think Otani is one they would consider it um, then Yancy Almonte comes in in relief of Alex Vesia there in that seventh inning and then Kyle Lewis pinch hitting for Thomas 2-0 count he gets him to ground a third then Moreno he advances to third on the play and then he issues a two-out walk to Perdomo to give the D-backs runners on first and third with two outs and then the 0-1 to Rojas he crushes a foul ball that had the distance but it goes foul so I don't know if your heart stopped right there but that one gave me some anxiety for sure because it looked like that had a chance to go out and he hooks foul and he would live to see another pitch. So that would have tied the game there, but next pitch he gets him to fly to center for the third out. So even Yancy Almonte, who had a rough appearance to start the year, he has looked a little better, but he's another guy that needs to tighten his command as well. So this bullpen, they definitely look a little disjointed. They definitely look like a bullpen that is adjusting to not having a defined closer, and that definitely is, to me, the big weakness is so far early on in this season. They need to lock down that bullpen. But uh, here we go. We'll get some more comments, and then we will let you guys enjoy the rest of your 
Thursday night here after the Dodgers get the win. But we got uh, yeah, a couple more here, and we'll, we'll get out of here. So we got signed Zach Brin to bolster the bullpen. Yeah, I heard he was he looked just okay um, when he was working out for, for scouts. DMAC, I love you when you're solo. Hey, it's always good times, man. Always good to mix up. And I'm not solo, too, because I got all you guys. Uh, James Audi 5000 is the real deal. JK, we got meaning Roberts would probably trade for Glaber Torres. Got, we have, I have him on my fancy team, like in the power. Um, yeah, so I'll be back tomorrow, though. We got, we're doing a live Blue Heaven tomorrow in the afternoon. So look for us around 3, 4, 5 o'clock, something like that, probably closer to 4 or 5. So we'll be going live tomorrow from the studio. But the Dodgers get the win tonight. And... Just another great night for Dustin May, who's been fantastic so far. And this Dodger team, they're off to a pretty nice start. Five and two, first place in the NOS. But remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.